News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO. A good Saturday morning and welcome to Over the Garden Fence. Brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Forest and Garden Center, located right there at the corner of Millam and 12th Street. We do have the phones uh, in working order, 382-4280-1877-382-4280. You could also call, uh, text a uh, comment or question to 80373. And joining us in the studio is your host, Andy Waddell. Good morning. Good morning, Tim. Oh, the life uh, in live radio. <laughs> well, this morning we'll also take smoke signals. Right. So um, three... <laughs> Three smoke signals with the carpet on the um, campfire. Tim will answer the phone, you guys. So. Excellent, excellent. Again, uh, 382-4280 if you do have comments or questions this morning. Yeah, hey, I uh, I have a couple comments about Roger's show. Oh, so, okay. Um, um, so I love the bed and breakfast um, <laughs> words, you know, and it really, um, we've learned before that um, nesting and feeders do not go. They go to craft shows. They're cute. You put them with fake flowers with them. They're very pretty. But uh, the way that I was told about that before is mm-hmm. I really don't like eating in bed. <laughs> it draws ants. Well, it draws it draws rodents with the, uh, with the houses, yeah, too. Yeah. Five feet off the ground, too. Uh, you might even do six. I've seen uh, cats easily jump three or four feet, mm-hmm. too, you know. Um, the pricker bushes Roger was talking about used to be, you know, the famous pricker bush, oh, yeah, yeah. but you know, thistle and a great series of barberries. We got all different varieties and we don't need the big monster kinds. There's columnar varieties of barberry that, you know, if you don't have the space, you're trying to create your bird nook. Right. Um, you could have that. And if you have the space, full size barberry and then pyracantha. And it's kind of neat to know that um, facing east or the morning sun or the protected side is the way that bluebird house works the best. So right. I learn as I'm driving in, too. So thank you, Rogers. So, hey, thanks, everybody, for joining. Uh, nice morning out. Yes, it's going to be warm today, but uh, you know what? On our calendars, there are just there are only three weeks before autumn officially begins. All around us, though, there are many signs of the fall season. Scarlet maple trees and Euonymus burning bush are starting to show their autumn plumage. Autumn joy sedum, chrysanthemums, ornamental grass, fallen enemies, asters, pansy plants very soon, and sweet autumn clematis are taking over the as uh, gardener garden highlighters in our September gardens. Evenings have become shorter and cooler. We fertilize Uh, Well-fertilized lawns have never been more green. And no, it's not October 1st. It just seems like it. All the more reason to get outside and enjoy the beautiful autumn day that God has blessed us with. The recent rains have presented green thumbers, too, with a wonderful opportunity to begin many garden and landscape projects. As we know, though, moist soil speeds up every planting project. Two weeks ago, Kim, um, our landscape crews were breaking $50 cost shovels. They Ooh. are solid one-piece 17-pound shovel. It's not the average homeowner shovel. Right. And beating on the ground, trying to get some of that, uh, where you'd almost have to put augers into the ground. <laughs> so it is really nice to see uh, moisture. Yes. Adequate rains in the fall signals me, it's time to plant trees. What did I say last week? Fall is for planting. I really can't remember 
in autumn when I haven't planted a tree at our home, friend's house, or even out on the church grounds. Each time we plant a tree, we plant not only for our benefit, but a legacy for those who follow up to enjoy. Besides future values, trees help supply the oxygen we breathe, to help keep our air supply fresh, to provide food and shelter for birds and wild animals, slow down those monstrous forceful winds sometimes, cut down noise pollution, provide cooling shade. We have a huge sugar maple over our home, mm-hmm. and it is way better cooling power than any air conditioner. Camouflage that harsh scenery. Hold the soil and keep silt from washing into the streams and lakes. Yes, they do increase property value and beautify our surroundings with pleasing shapes and seasonal splashes of color. Trees accent our garden and break up the monotony of endless miles of sidewalks and highways. I plan out my trees carefully. Sometimes uh, at Waddell's, we drop older varieties, Tim, mm-hmm. and bring on the new. Oh, yeah. Certain varieties, for years, we have carried red sunset maple. It was one of the original varieties broke off of scarlet maple. But we've got great new series of varieties that uh, uh, we'll just talk about for a few minutes. So some of these trees are actually... Michigan's favorite. We see them uh, uh, being demanded more and more. Number one on our list is Ruber Maple or Fall Maple, including Autumn Blaze. Autumn Blaze is one of the best scarlet maples. Autumn Blaze is super hardy with his heritage right here in Michigan. Autumn Blaze is a very fast grower. Um, The one in the landscape has grown over 50 feet in the last 24 years. Autumn Blaze puts on a spectacular show of red every October. Autumn Blaze adapts in well-moist soils, withstanding frequent turf irrigation when other trees fail. Mm. Sugar maple, um, I guess I could say it's the queen of all trees. Okay, Sugar maple, Tim, if you drive by some of those fields and years ago, the big Sugar maple was left out in the middle of the cornfield, so the horses and the men had a chance to park for the afternoon to take a breather. And so that's where sugar maple really makes its fame is out by itself. But in the woods, what a great addition with the reds of the rubber maple and some of the fiery oranges and yellows of the sugar. Sugar maple rightly claims the title of queen of all Michigan trees, and is probably best known for that. Sugar maples grow deep in rich, well-drained soils. Sugar maples grow tall and broad, so they're the best use of the background in a well-designed landscape. Rich fall oranges, reds, and yellows make sugar maple a Michigan favorite. One variety, Tim, that people really don't think about even as a evergreen. Oh. And it's a conifer, and it's ginkgo. Hmm. It's actually a tree that is actually an evergreen. Autumn gold, autumn gold ginkgo is truly an old-timer. A ginkgo represents an ancient plant group unlike any other living conifer. Most of us would not identify a ginkgo tree actually as a conifer. We usually think of conifers as evergreens. 
Ginkgo defies logic as it drops its golden leaves in the autumn and, and actually just like a deciduous tree. Ginkgo trees are slow-growing and very resistant to both insect, disease, pollution, tolerant, concrete, heat. <laughs> city of Portage and City of Kalamazoo, we use a lot of them along those areas. So they're a, a very tolerant plant and an excellent, um, I'll say even a conversation piece. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, the leaf design is unique to those. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say once they fall, they pretty much drop straight down straight down you know a lot of the other different varieties of trees yeah they they hold on yeah yeah. yep ginkgo when they drop they drop and in three days they're done and (laughs) but it's nice because then it's easy easy cleanup yeah so uh just a nice uh, compliment with that ginkgo in in, uh fall uh once that couple frosts hit that yellow drops really quick one of my favorite families of trees is actually the beach family I like these tough, enduring giants. Plant a beach in a good environment, and it will be an asset for at least 100 years. Beach trees have gray bark and large, sturdy branches that stretch way out to provide great shade and protection. The beach family offers several leaf color varieties to choose from. Copper, green, purple, and tricolor. Beach trees need space to develop. um, to develop their fullest and grow in deep, rich, well-drained, loamy soils, not, everybody, not irrigated ground. Mm. Most beech trees die because they're over-irrigated with um, lawn irrigation is where we usually replace most of them. So, again, placement, talk to your uh, specialist down there at Waddell's. We'll take a break after this, but uh, have you heard sturdy as an oak. Oh, yeah. But have you heard as slow as an oak? <laughs> <I've> no. <seen. laughs> so I've heard slow as, an, as slow as a turtle. But um, but these two slogans are often used depicting the perceived characteristic of oak trees. When describing, actually, a pin oak, sturdy is okay, but not slow. I've seen red oak and white oak also grow very fast. If given the proper care, pin oaks will actually amaze with their fast growth. There are specimens in our last in our landscaping that grow up to two feet a year in, uh, per season on growth. Now I've seen them up to 50 to 60 feet tall in just 20 to 30 years. When the leaves turn red and orange in October, pin oak or oak in general are spectacular. So these are just some of the favorite trees of the 117 varieties we have at Waddell's. So maybe today is the day to start walking around, get your ideas, take pictures of the backyard, Mm -hmm. and maybe there's some shade in your future. Absolutely. And we'll continue on along with that. And of course, your comments and questions, 382-4280-1877-382-4280. You can also text that comment or question to 80373. Andy Waddell joining us in the studio this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence on News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO. To enhance the beauty of your outdoor living area, check out the huge selection of natural stone at Woodell's Nursery, Florist, and Garden Center. Woodell's carries more than 40 varieties of natural stone in bulk, so you can get just the amount you need. And this week, all bulk stone is 15% off. 
A wall built from natural stone can give your landscape anything from a formal look to a rugged natural appearance. Woodell's carries many sizes and colors, all 15% off, today through next Wednesday. Also on sale are many flagstone sizes and colors to make beautiful walkways, paths, patios, and poolside areas. Maybe you're looking for that perfect accent rock. Painted sandstone, zebra marble, and boulders are all on sale this week, too. Or add some natural stone steps to a hillside. There are several sizes and colors to choose from, and they're all 15% off. Take advantage of the savings at the Rock Buffet with more than 40 rock and stone choices at Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center on Texas Drive at the Court of Millen and 12th Street. News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO, as we continue with this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence with your host, Andy Waddell, 382-4280-1877-382-4280 are the numbers if you have a comment or question, or you could text to 80373. Once again, your host, Andy Waddell. Hey, thank you, Tim. And um, Tim, I'm going to say I already, uh, I already planted my tree for the year. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I'm, I'm planning on planting more. I was going to say, at least you got an early start. That's right. That's right. Well, there's an area around our sugar maple that, oh, I put a bunch of hostas in, and we surrounded it with some junipers and some barberry farther out. Mm-hmm. It's a very dry heat, mm-hmm. um, so it's a facing west shade, which is really hard to work with. So we're going to be working on that, trying All to make right. – we still want to make our maple live, so that's why I didn't uh, – um, Instead of building, uh, we could talk about that. Uh, uh, somebody built a nice planter bed around their tree a couple of years back. Uh-huh. And they're bringing pictures in this week to wonder what's going on with the tree. So tree had been there for umpteen years. And suddenly they put a couple rows of wall blocks. They got at a local uh, um, box store okay. and uh, filled it with a couple yards of soil and planted flowers in it. And the flowers look beautiful, long time. Next year, the flowers look really good, and a tree, man, a couple branches fell. In the third year, um, now the flowers still look good, Tim, but mm-hmm. now the tree, about 15 or 20 branches are starting to fall. And oh. uh, I'm trying to explain to the client, um, just like when I swim, I can swim way better with the water above my nose than below my nose. And so you bury a tree even a couple inches too deep, a lot of times it's the beginning of the end. Sure. Okay. You could plant the tree wrong. We talked about that last week. Improper planting, putting it at the wrong depth, really does a lot of detriment. Mm-hmm. So after your tree selection is made, plant it right. I'll be darned. I have that right. <laughs> For over 40 years, the method has worked very well that my father has shown me. First, dig a planting hole. As I know it sounds so elementary. But I, I said last week in our notes, I stopped right here, Tim, mm-hmm. but at a city municipality building when we were tearing out evergreens that were for some reason not working well, they had planted them in the pots. They left the plastic pots on the plants. Oh. And five years later, the poor plants were trying their very best, Tim, but <laughs> they were That's not. They all have. Yeah. <laughs> Wire baskets, exactly wire baskets left on, rope left on, you know, all that things down the road. Um, mm-hmm. So plant the plant the tree first. Dig the planting hole is twice as wide as the container of the tree purchased, and about fifty percent deeper than the depth of the soil. Discard the soil taken from the hole and put it off to the side. Place the sod in the bottom of the hole. Hmm. 
that takes care of the sod and actually adds nitrogen to your plant. Oh. You know, it breaks down and start working into the ground as compost. Mix equal parts of the compost, sphagnum peat moss, and topsoil from the hole, one-third approximately together. Measure the pot and backfill the hole and mix your soil uh, down in the bottom. Pack the ground around the bottom and set the tree in so it is no deeper than the depth growing in the nursery or, if anything, a little high. Next, remove the container. If there are roots visible, gently pull away them so they will grow outward away from the root ball. If the root ball is thoroughly saturated with roots, actually you could cut it and butterfly some of those roots with a shovel. Get them so they don't spin so you have a girdling root someday problem. Set the tree in. Backfill the hole, lightly firming the soil and filling in around those areas where there would be air pockets. Backfilling now includes beneficial mycorrhiza. The beneficial mics stimulates root growth and it will work on everything but ericaceous variety, so it will not work on azaleas and rhododendron. But everything else in our nursery lineup, it would uh, extremely work and it stimulates root growth and pulls the roots out of that um, root ball itself. You massage that mics or put the beneficial mics around the roots and then Um, because it's a live bacteria, Tim, Mm -hmm. it does not like sunlight. You can't sprinkle it on the top. Ah, gotcha. You have to put it down in the soil, backfilling the last three inches, and then soaking the ground. But first, we learned at a uh, conference, start with the root mass. If the root mass, you can soak all around it, but if the root mass might not be able to draw in because it's not native soil, it's like container soil, Mm -hmm. Sometimes that root mass will not take on water. Start there and allow it to work out. Trickle the water the size of your pinky for many hours, completely saturating that area. When watering is complete, mulch the tree with two inches to three inches of cedar bark mulch, the width of the branch system. Carefully do not touch the bark mulch to the trunk of the tree. And again, come fall, tree wrap should be used for the first two winters. Use guide wires to reinforce and promote root establishment if needed. We have a lot of wind in our areas. Sometimes when planting a tree, when it tips over, it is really hard to put the tree back up. Mm. You really almost have to, Tim, dig the whole thing back out and start over from fresh. Planting trees using these suggestions will guarantee success for you and the future generations. So, and by the way, when planting your tree, Tim, you'll need one more thing. It's not a shovel or a rake or anything like that. You need a camera or your phone. Gather the family. Take several snapshots for future enjoyment. And dedicate maybe the tree. You know, it's it's one of the grandkids' trees or right. one, you know, a wife's tree. Or um, sometimes it is nice I can drive by our old house and say, I know I planted that tree for Zach, and I know I planted that one for Caleb at the <laughs> other house. It's just kind of neat. At my parents' house, um, they had planted this blaze maple around the deck for their grandson, Nathan, which is uh, uh, my nephew. So when Nathan was young, the tree was always young also, but large enough so he could always climb it. There you go. Fond memories. So just talking about planting we talked last week, now is actually still a great time to start transplanting. Remember, again, deciduous deciduous trees, till we get some frost, 
let's hold off on those. But perennials and evergreens can all be started to be moved. Those are all items that will enjoy a September transplanting rather than a November transplanting. The second thing to transplant, or the third thing, Tim, is an item that we don't even really think about in the fall. And that's strawberries. Now, I love strawberries, oh, yeah. but the strawberry season has kind of come and gone. But September is an excellent time to transplant or rejuvenate your strawberry beds. Strawberry plants are generally considered to be biennial, so the gardener cannot expect more than one or the most two good years from each plant. To have a dependable supply of big, delicious berries, it is necessary to set out new plants every year. As soon as the new strawberry plants are established, plow down the old bed. Before transplanting runners to the new bed, the first thing to do is eliminate all those weeds and grasses. Second, rototill in 50 pounds of composted cow manure, 15 pounds of plant tone for every 100 square feet of strawberry bed. Next, space the runners two and a half feet apart and rows three feet wide. Then, water, water, water. Don't bother set transplants unless you feel like watering. No need to do any transplanting unless you can get moisture available to your fall project. Every three years, purchase some virus-free plants from Odell's and throw away the old. Lastly, I always say this, we'll take another second break. Strawberries like straw. There, it's in the name. <laughs> it is. I don't know why. But you know what? The mulch keeps the strawberries cool. The strawberry runners go over the straw really nice. It keeps the weeds down. And actually, the straw in late November mainly keeps the winter damage. So sometimes the little runners push their the little crowns out, and mm -hmm. that straw will kind of um, do a little mulching or protection. Nice. A little work now will assure a great strawberry harvest next spring. To establish this, every planting season, apply 15 pounds in the late fall on established plantings to your strawberries. Do not plant, uh, do not feed strawberries when they are starting to build because you will make mushy fruit. Oh. So, so you don't feed strawberries in the spring. Gotcha. Don't little well, FYI. Yeah, stuff that Grandpa told me about. <laughs> well, then, you, then you you put it out, and the the nitrogen kicks in. The plant and the the fruit grows too fast and oh. becomes becomes mushy because huh. of that. Yeah. So. Well, we'll continue on with uh, more with Andy for this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence. And again, if you have a comment or question for Andy, 382-4280-1877-382-4280, or you could text 80373. Over the Garden Fence on News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO. Could your landscape use some more autumn color? Now's your chance to get the prettiest fall-colored maples around while they're on sale this week at Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center. Waddell's grows most of its trees in their local nursery, so you can be assured of top-quality, fully-branched trees. This week, save 25% off the four brightest-colored grade-A maple trees, including October Glory trees that are 11 to 13 feet tall and turn a brilliant orange to red. October Glories are now on sale for $149.99. You save $50. Another favorite is the Crimson Sunset Maple. They have gorgeous deep purple foliage during spring and summer, turning reddish bronze in the fall. Also on sale this week are Autumn Blaze Maples and the Matador Maple. 
Any of Woodell's Michigan certified nursery specialists will be glad to help you pick out the trees that will do best in your landscape. But hurry in, the maple color sale at Woodell's ends next Wednesday. Woodell's is open today until 5, Labor Day, 9 to 3. Where do you go to get professional plant advice and the best quality plants? Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center. Waddell's has Michigan certified nursery specialists, lawn pros, and master gardeners on staff to help you choose the right plants or to help diagnose what may be wrong with your existing plants. Stop in to see for yourself. You'll find the best selection of trees, shrubs, perennials, evergreens, products, and tools. You'll also find the plant doctor. The plant doctor can help you with a bothersome weed, an irritating insect, or a sick plant. Do you have a concern about your lawn, tree, perennial, or shrub? Do you have molds in your lawn? Are weeds taking over a garden area? Bring in a sample of the plant and some soil from around it to get an accurate assessment and a prescription for control and prevention techniques. You can even bring in a sample of your soil to get a free pH test. Waddell's Plant Doctor is always in and ready to help. Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Street. News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO, 70 degrees in Kalamazoo as we continue with this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence. Comments and questions for Andy, 382-4280-1877-382-4280 or text. 8073. Once again, your host, Andy Waddell. Hey, thank you, everybody. And I uh, I actually have a texter uh, calling in on a question. Okay. And so, but um, we've been talking about trees, one of my favorite things. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, maybe somebody can call me. I'll give them a $10 gift card to uh, tell me their favorite tree, but why? Not just, oh, I like this tree, but is there is there something behind that uh, that I'd like to know about? Hmm. Maybe a little okay. bit. So, um, our texture is asking uh um what about planting grass seed um what do you know it's the best time and when why and so uh the next i've said two weeks ago the next six weeks but you have at least the next four weeks to put in grass seed it was hard jim i'm not even walking in the shoes that i walked through the grass with this morning this soaking (laughs) wet well that's optimal for grass cool mornings damp Mm -hmm. the seed grows really fast and so some of those um um, people that don't have success probably don't do the time in a little mini prep so prep your ground rough it up go ahead and buy the right seed don't buy cheap seed right and then uh feed it afterwards after uh, a good run you like a little food well uh-huh. after you get growing you want a little food itself so a uh, little starter fertilizer and then we always say the easy straw is the is the easiest way because it used to be baled straw yeah and you have to pull it apart and it wouldn't really work and then you'd mow it up and shoot it out <laughs> easy straw is all ground up like uh hydro seeding Oh, and it okay. sets in really nice, and that's the, that seed will come up really nice. Then you would, so. probably wouldn't get all the clumps as you would from a regular. That's right. Down. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Well, that's nice. So just a couple ideas with uh, doing grass seed. And, again, questions on grass seed, bring in a soil sample. We can help you out. So many deciduous trees and shrubs are prematurely losing leaves. Uh, d- taking a walk the other night along the road, lots of leaves in the, uh, in the road, but they weren't necessarily fall color. Low moisture in a lot of areas and spring disease infection. Homeowners that actually value their landscape plants need to thoroughly soak the soil around all trees and shrubs and evergreens in September and October. 
A failure to irrigate sometimes in the autumn could result in a winter dieback, the death of the plants, reduce and reduction of the root mass, which will end up resulting in poor growth. Poor growth or resistance, uh, low low resistance, will bring insect disease or invasion of uh, uh, fungus into the plant. Hmm. Okay, hmm. just like a person that is maybe gotten a cold, real easy can get pneumonia. Right. It's just that way. So um, feed your plants, irrigate your plants. Um, adequate irrigation of woody plants, meaning run a sprinkler sometimes three to six hours in each position every th three to four weeks. We get adequate rain. You get three inches rain, you can pass. But um, drought-stressed trees also are great candidates and shrubs for feeding in the next couple three to four weeks. Again, I would not do feeding now, but sometime in the middle of October to the end of October is optimal. Go around your drip line and your plant and poke holes in the ground, and it's easily to show you, um, again, how easy it is. A little feeding goes a long ways. Fungicidal sprays in May and June will help control a lot of leaf diseases. A lot of times people bring in the sample and mm -hmm. say what they could do now, and a lot of that is things I would have and should have done 90 to 120 days ago. As I mowed last week, <clears throat> I'm going to blame myself. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. I didn't put on the summer grub control, I don't think, in time. Uh. So as I went through, I was hitting big mounds of uh, soil. Boom, 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 oh, yeah. boom, off here in big uh, dust bowls. Well, um, that is my um, mole activity out in the yard. And uh, maybe you didn't have the time, like me, to allow for your grub X to go down it is maybe what is feeding out in your yard now. What to do? It is probably too late for grub -ec, but I might apply Dilox granulars. After applying water in well, Dilox will kill in five days. Um, maybe a little, again, education and learning. Deer, rabbits, and everything else that is in the yard tend to be habitual animal. They tend to find and eat where it is the easiest. And sometimes by repelling and starting early, they will learn their habitual habits or their route not in your yard. The deer mace and rabbit mace items work great. They are an egg-based item. And maybe in combination with some of the Repel-X tablets, you might see some results from... Um, maybe some of your efforts instead of, uh, we put in a community garden. Right. And it's off Portage Road at mm -hmm. a friend of mine's. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, Andy, you might want to come back here the next morning. And uh, uh, the rhubarb were pretty tough. The deer couldn't bite them off, so they just pulled them straight out of the ground, Tim. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we fenced it, and um, we, we put a border around there just of mm -hmm. the fence, just 48-inch fence, just to try to keep them out. Sometimes it's just like the burglar. If the window is open, it's easier to get into. Right. So just a little bit. So doing some of that. Um, also, there's other things that are starting to want to get in. Hmm. Mice, mm -hmm. ants, moths, mm -hmm. squirrels. Chipmunks, they're all starting to feel the cool of the fall. So they would love the warmth of your home. So home defense, spray on the outside um, before the insects start trying to crawl in. Mm -hmm. Moth traps for your um, 
you know, the ones you swat around when you open up the cupboard and you, you left the rice in there for oh, two yeah. months, you know, or the cornflakes in the back corner. And now they, mm-hmm, you know what I'm talking about, Tim. Yep. Um, so um, I'm putting on my boots the other morning and uh, uh, Chipmunk ran right across in front. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, neat, neat. And he ran right up to the side and underneath my siding. Mm-hmm. So that's not a good company. I am going to be buying today is on my list. My <laughs> wife has moth traps on her list, but um, there's have a heart traps or snap traps. Mm-hmm. And um, my brother-in-law is having very good luck with bird seed. And so putting the bird seed in there and uh, <clears throat> maybe we can get rid of those. No, bird seeds just isn't for birds anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And then I will say the team this week, other things that are bugging us out in the yard mm-hmm. and doing a lot of landscaping. There's some areas that it's very warm, and that is a great spot for the hornets and wasps. Yes, it okay? is. You don't see it till it's too late. And sometimes you might want to be watching what you're looking for. And um, sometimes you might see that nest. Just just leave it alone. If it's big, call call. You know, there's controls that companies right. that'll take yep. care of that yep. if they're huge. If they're small, it's something that you can handle. You think thirty eight plus, or um, we have spray cans that will uh, spray up to twenty feet. But the thirty eight plus, you can uh, mix with water. And if they're ground ground bees, a lot of times again, you mow over them. You don't realize it till it's too late and they're up in your hair. Okay. Or the big Alberta spruce, we were yanking out of the, uh, the customer's yard with a bobcat, and it tips over on our driver because it's so large and it's filled with a nest. Ooh. Okay, so things like that happen. Um, leave them alone, but then go back in the evening. They'll go find their home, and yeah. that's that's when you can get rid of them at the same time. Um, there is also a difference between bees and hornets and wasps, too, because uh, um, somebody was saying that the bees attacked me. Now, if you go swatting a mason or a honeybee, I bet they will probably voluntarily want to sting you. But there are not. Um, that's why we're trying to set up meadows and areas for restoration and the, getting some of those of the right bees in mm-hmm. is what we're trying to work with. I have, too, um, a little MSU advisory alert. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, just reading this week, gardeners should have, um, have you had a tetanus shot? That is something that, as a kid, I used to not even think about. No. But uh, a tetanus shot, if you work in, the, in, in soil once every 10 years, chances are, if you can't remember when your last booster shot was, it's been too long. Tetanus is a widespread, and it's in the environment, and it's naturally present in the soils. So sometimes when you uh, are working a lot in your, oh, wow, look at my hands, yeah. um, in the garden or in the soil, maybe huh. that, yeah, yeah, sometimes it's it's worthy. And so, Something to think about. Never thought of that yeah, before. Wow. Yeah. So, well, uh, we'll uh, pick up where we lay, leave off uh, here this week, next week. You bet. All Jim, right. thanks for everybody joining us on Trees today. Excellent. Appreciate it, Andy. And thank you for tuning in to this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence each and every Saturday morning in the 9 o'clock hour right here on WKZO, brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Floral and Garden Center right there at the corner of Milliman 12th.